The lesson is written in the fifth chapter of Revelations, beginning at verse 1. Then I saw the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll, writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll and look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nations. You have made them a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Here endeth the lesson. And the gospel is taken from St. John, the first chapter of St. John, beginning in verse 43. Glory be to thee, O God. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Peter. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite, in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you, the truth shall see the heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
I don't know about you, but I find there's something uh, inherently scary about sharing faith. I'm not sure what it is, whether it's the fact that we reveal something of our inmost self or whether it's that we put ourselves in a place where we might be attacked or ridiculed or whether it's the models of sharing faith that we've been given that are perhaps so ridiculously difficult to live up to. I'm not sure. Perhaps it's a mix of all those things, mixed with a generous helping of uncertainty, of doubt, of self-knowledge that says, I don't have it all together, and who am I to tell you how or what to believe? That's when the gospel reading today comes into perspective. Because the hero of the passage Well, he's not really a hero. He's got no dashing cape, no superpower, no secret tricks up his sleeve. He's an ordinary, everyday person like you or me. Philip is one of the 12 disciples that followed Jesus. We don't know much about him, but what we we do know suggests that he is, well, very ordinary, He isn't overqualified. He's not particularly learned. He has no vast intellect. He doesn't have an overly charismatic personality. He's an ordinary, everyday kind of guy who doesn't get mentioned in the gospel stories of Jesus very often. And when he does get mentioned, well, it's normally in a slightly derogatory way. Philip is one of those people who speaks uh, what is on his mind before he really thinks through the implications. So it's Philip who, at the feeding of the 5,000, responds to Jesus' request for the disciples to feed the crowd and asks, in a very realistic way and not unfairly, where are we going to get something to eat? And at the Last Supper, he turns to Jesus and says, show us the Father and that will be enough. To which Jesus responds, Philip, don't you know me? He's just an ordinary guy, a realist who often fails to understand. And he comes from an ordinary place, Bethsaida a small fishing village just at the north end of the Sea of Galilee with nothing in particular to distinguish it. But it would be a fatal error for us to confuse what is ordinary with what is unimportant. Just because Bethsaida was ordinary didn't mean it was unimportant. Because Philip was placed in Bethsaida at just this time so that he might encounter Jesus, the Word made flesh. And don't confuse Philip's ordinary nature with being unimportant. He was called directly by Jesus. He was one of the closest friends of Jesus. He was placed alongside Nathaniel, so he could be an ordinary witness, an ordinary ambassador. You see, here's the secret of this passage today. God, in all his majesty, works through ordinary people like me and you, like Philip. 
Sometimes we see the command of Scripture and we hear the call to tell our friends and colleagues about Christ and we feel, well, this cannot mean me. This isn't for me. I'm just not like that. It's not in my nature. I'm not really equipped. But as ordinary people, we're just the people to witness about Jesus and partner with him as he builds his kingdom. There are plenty of passages in scriptures that speak about being called to go to the next city, to the next country or the next continent. And there is a need for people to do that. But Philip, in his ordinary place, goes to his ordinary friends, to those whom God has placed him alongside. Jesus died for you. And you are part of the vast army of people who join with him to see his kingdom come, bringing your ordinary friends in your ordinary place of work or your ordinary community into the extraordinary kingdom of Jesus. What does Philip say? Well, the ordinary witness doesn't need a polished gospel presentation or a clear theological argument, nor a talk or a lecture. But he gives a very ordinary invitation. Come and see. It's an invitation that any one of us can give. We don't need to know all there is to know about Jesus, about the Gospels or Christianity. We don't need to have our lives sewn up. We can just invite someone to come and see. Never underestimate the power of an ordinary invitation. For Philip, it was an invitation to come and see what Jesus had to say through his word. Look what he told Nathanael in verse 45. We found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. For some, that come and see will be to see the difference that Jesus makes in the lives of other ordinary Christians. For us today, that come and see may be an invitation to church or to the forthcoming Alpha course, which is a wonderful way to explore more about the Christian faith. And as we say, come and see, we need to note that not every invitation will be accepted. At first, Nathaniel is hostile. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? I mean, Bethlehem, maybe. Jerusalem, sure, but not the dump that is Nazareth. And Philip doesn't respond with a well-thought-through argument. He just says, come and see. He puts his relationship, his friendship on the line because... What he had found in Jesus was too good to keep to himself. Ultimately, that come and see was an invitation to meet a person. Not an ordinary person like Philip or you or me, but an extraordinary saviour. The one who knows every human being through and through and still loves us. Nathaniel recognised it, didn't he? Verse 48, how do you know me? This is the first time you've met me, Jesus, yet you know me, you've got me. When we come and see Jesus, we meet the one who knows us completely and still accepts us. 
But he's more than a divine therapist who understands the real us. He's also the one who connects with us. Who connects us with the God who made us. And you see that in that strange saying in verse 51. You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You see, Jesus is relating himself to Jacob back in Genesis. There, Jacob had a vision of a ladder with angels ascending and descending on it. And when he wakes up, Jacob names that place where it happened Bethel, which means the house of God, the place where heaven meets earth, where God connects with human beings. So do you see what Jesus is saying? There's no ladder this time, but Jesus is the connection for us and God, where heaven and earth meet. In Jesus, God draws near to us. He is the house of God, the one who dwells, tabernacles amongst us. Perhaps you thought it was impressive when I told you that I saw you under the fig tree. Well, just you wait till you see me die on a cross for you. Then you will see why I draw near to you. Then you'll see why I've come. You see, Jesus is an extraordinary saviour. He's the one who calls, follow me. He's the one who Moses and the prophets wrote about. He's the one who sees us wherever we are, however deep and dark our lives are. He's the Son of God and the King of Israel. In fact, he's more than that. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He was the one who was described in our passage in Revelation as the only one who is worthy. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the lamb who was slain and yet who lives. He brings his kingdom here on earth. With his blood he purchased for God people from every tribe and language and people and nation. And in this kingdom-building mission, where God's rule and his reign is coming about, he graciously involves us, ordinary people just like Philip. Revelation tells us that he makes us, for whom the Lamb was slain, into a kingdom of priests to serve God. And he gives us authority to reign on the earth. In his compassion and love, God deigns to use us to be those who are involved in building his kingdom and to do his work. That's been our prayer over this last week of prayer. Ordinary people with an ordinary invitation to partner with what our extraordinary God is already doing. You see, before Nathaniel finds Jesus... Jesus had found Philip. Before Nathanael declares, you're the son of God, it's Jesus who declares who Nathanael is to him. You see, Jesus is at work by his spirit, working through and in ordinary people like Philip and you and me. Ordinary people with a very ordinary invitation. Come and see because we have an extraordinary saviour. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, in our ordinary places this week, would you enable us to give an ordinary invitations, an ordinary invitation to our friends and to our colleagues and our loved ones to come and see. And as they come and see, Jesus, would you show yourself to be their extraordinary saviour? And would you grow your kingdom here in this city and throughout this world? We ask in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen.